When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. 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 Turner Sparks just got married and has moved home to America after 12 years living in China. Sir Michael Ira Kaplan has two kids, a wife, a job, and has spent his entire life in the USA. Neither one can figure their country out. This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to Lost in America, episode 52. My name's Turner Sparks. I'm Kaplan. Cap, you can find me at Turner B Sparks on Twitter. You can find Kaplan at Cap in America on the podcast today, Mr. Kaplan. We have Justin Kruger, professional drummer. Our first professional drummer, I've been told. Our first professional musician of any kind. Wow, other than you. Other than me. He's on the podcast today. Justin and I started playing music together when we were like 12 years old. We're kids. Grew up together. In a garage? Did you play in a garage? We had a garage band. The cops showed up. We got (laughs) shut down. Everything happened. So, I somewhere along the line, I quit. He kept going. Give the dream. I gave up the dream to pursue comedy. He became a pro he tours all over the place playing drums. He's in a bunch of different bands, but one that I specifically want to talk about, he spent four years on the road with Tony Clifton. Do you know Tony Clifton? I, I've, I've heard of him. Tony he's, Clifton. He's a legend in the comedy world. Though, he's right? a legend. Just explain it to us. Tony Clifton is a lounge singer character. Yeah. Created. It's like a trick question. Do I know him? Because he's is he real? That's the question. He's a lounge singer <laughs> character created by Andy Kaufman. Andy Kaufman, the legendary uh, co- comedian. Right. Shape shifted. He was on Taxi. He did Man all kinds of stuff. Became different. Yeah, they made the movie Man on the Moon about him. Tony Clifton was his lounging, or he created. He took on the road. He would play it sometimes. Sometimes Bob Zamuda, his writing partner, would play this character. Fast forward, he's dead. Kaufman's dead. Yes, Andy Kaufman is long the dead. Just lived on. The character lives on. It's back on the road. It's been on the road. Kruger's Justin's toured with him for years. He has all these insane stories. It's going to be wild. I'm excited to get him in here. Yeah, it's like part drumming, part acting. The whole thing fascinating. They do it, and they did it at comedy clubs. They played live at the Comedy Store in Hollywood, all over the place. So it's going to be cool. Before that, big announcement. All right. November 30th. Yeah. What's coming? Before I say what's coming, let's just say that we've we've heard the fans call. Everyone's (laughs) been asking, when are you going to do a live pod? They have? We want a live pod. We want a live pod. What's a live pod? Weber mentioned it last week. He wanted us to do a whole I know, festival. I we just bullshitting. <laughs> no, we're doing it, baby. Stand Up New York, the big comedy club in New York City, must have heard our pod last week. Yeah, of course. They contacted me. They said, everyone's asking us for Lost in America. Everyone comes in the door, Stand Up New York every day. They see all these comedians. They go, but when are we going to get Lost in America? We're doing it. November 30th, we're doing live podcast at Stand Up New York. Get your tickets at uh, Stand Up New York's website. Are these tickets non-refundable? Non-refundable. I, I might drop the mic and get out of here. Cap, this is going to be your first time ever on I mean, a com- comedy stage doing stand-up comedy. Yeah, I mean, I've been terrified about my birthday coming up because I'm turning 40, but now you're giving me something new to be terrified about a month later. Listen, it's I, all fun and games. Let me do tell I do? you. I gotta, well, you'll have to teach me what to do. I got I got like six weeks or so. To I'll give you a, a crash course. Make on sure everyone naked? What do I do? What's performing in front of a live audience. <laughs> right. No, no, no. It's get really, really, really drunk. Oh, I can do that. You can do that. Done. I'm back it's, in. it's all fun and games in, front, in the studio. Nobody's here. No one's looking in. But you get in front of 200 people. Woo-wee! Yeah, it's all funny games, so I dropped my pants because I pissed them. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's a different ball game. So that's going to be fun. So that's real. Okay. Stand right. up New York, November 30th. People, get it your tickets. real. That's the motto. All right. Oh, and okay, so before we get to Lost in America, Amazon, baby. You got to get to Amazon. Uh, Amazon. Okay, if, you, if, you're, if you're buying, everyone's, everyone shops through Amazon anyway. Yes. You shop through Amazon all the you time. You have no choice. You have no choice. <laughs> There's nothing left to do. Well, you're going to buy someone on Facebook? That's the yeah. only other website out there. you a store? What are you? No, you're going to Amazon. So before you go to Amazon, go to lostinamericapod.com. Click the advertisement for Amazon in the upper right-hand corner. There's going to be a book there. Yeah. What do you do? You click on the link. Don't buy the book. Don't buy the book. Screw that book. Don't buy the book, but you and- do your regular shopping, and then buy anything on Amazon. A percentage of what you buy comes back to us. And we need your help. Why? What happened? Because we got a new enemy of the pod. I'm declaring. Good. I like enemies. Who's yes. our new enemy? Well, the problem is the enemy lives very close to me. Uh-oh. Randy Kaplan. Randy- what? Well, the enemy of the pod, is a- it's in conjunction. She has teamed up with the PTA from Teddy's school. They have their own link. 
I'm not going to get all the information. I don't do want. Any, not, I don't want wait. my mom running there. Parent Teachers <laughs> Association. Yeah, the Parent Teachers Association. They got to raise money because in New York, you got to pay for. Uh, all sorts of stuff that the school district doesn't cover, like books and recess and all sorts of things. Why does the public school cover that? I don't want to give them any free publicity on no, that. No, we didn't stop the talking about them. But yeah, there's a link, and she switched hers over. She switched her work purchasing over. Wait. So that's a big that's a big gap. She's gotta, left us? She's left us for the PTA. I oh. promised that I would donate a pro- P- portion of my proceeds from this to the PTA, but... No, believe me. They get enough money. <laughs> yeah. They got parents. They got teachers. They got it all. They got an association. We got nothing. Yeah. So please, we need we need people out there who don't have kids, who don't care about the PTA, try, whatever. Even if you do have kids, come who pick up. Who cares? Screw yeah. the PTA. Pick up that. Pick up the slack here, because we know, need you. We, we need just your lost money. Randy Cavill. <laughs> she was our biggest purchase. <laughs> we just lost a big, big, uh, big, big client. Big pocket. So yeah, please save us. Official enemy declared. All right. We'll go to Amazon. <laughs> Thank you. Now let's get to Lost in America. Get to it. We're back. Cap, this week, I'm lost in America. Yeah. I'm lost all the time. But yeah. this week, I... Okay, so we, we touched on this at the end of last week's podcast. For those... Well, we got cut off. We ran out of time. Yeah. Weber's, we're getting uh, Yeah, Weber's publicist was waving us down. Tell us we had to go. You gotta... We, well, we, I don't think she wanted to talk about any controversial matters. She did not. She wanted to keep it on our souls at night, yes. on Jane Fonda, all On the stuff. disaster artist. Exactly. So, now we'll continue... People are are Jewish people because I always hear this term now. It's a new term I've heard in America. People say people of color. You got to get more people of color. Need to be in comedy shows. POC. You need more people of color. You need more people of color in I don't know government and all this stuff. They need more representation. Are Jewish people considered people of color? Um. Well, let me think this out loud a little bit here. We, in my mind, we are the original person of color. We're the people of colors, like the old, old, old school. Yeah, we you invented are this throwback. People Nobody, of color. you know, thousands of years we've been the people of color. Okay, we've been uh, we've been uh, pogroms. We've been you know genocide. They invented genocide for us. You know, they, yeah, they, they invented. We've, we've been everything. Yeah, we've been slaves. We've done it all. Sure, we've touched all the bases, even up into uh, Charlottesville. Very recently. Well, that was like a. It was like when they bring like a like a flash like bring back the band. It was exciting for a moment. Like oh, the come for us. Like a reunion tour. Yeah, because the Jews have had it pretty good in America. Like Hell freezes over tour. For yeah, Eagles. you know we've been we've been kept out of some country clubs. Sure. We've been kept out of some fraternities. Yep. Um, we've been kept out of some colleges and jobs, which is all a good thing in your mind, right? It gives you a chip. We wouldn't be in comedy if we didn't have a little bit of chip on our yeah, shoulder. Yeah, you want uh, it, it creates unity within the race. Yeah, and we, to be fair, we've we've created a lot of this hostility on our own. We like to go at the Gentiles and the Goyim. And, you know, we, Don't I know it? Yeah, exactly. It was a podcast. So this is my whole. This is what I thought about it. Okay, you, you, I, I thought about it for about five minutes, Definitive which is, for me is thinking for a long time. Yes. Definitively, we're not a person of color. Whoa. And I say that because no one's a person of color. Whoa. In America, other than black people. Whoa. African Americans have had it so, you know, there's the nation's original shame and sin and all that. Uh, African Americans. African Americans. Got They're, it. So it's an insult to. Wait, wait, wait. What about like Indian people? From are you kidding me? Indian people? No. How are they? How? Well, how why? They, uh, why? In America. In America. They're as equally, are they as equally as uh, uh, oppressed as what's historically happened to black people? No. <laughs> I, I don't actually know. I don't know what their history is, but no, Wait. not in America. No, 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 not in modern times. Yeah, yeah, because I've had people, I've had Indian friends refer to themselves like offended by something, and they've said like, as a person of color, I can't believe, and I, I'm like, well, oh yeah, a lot I, of people. I, are now I didn't call them on as in person. A person of color, and I'm like, everybody wants in. Everyone's a person of color. Everyone wants in. So it's like I want in. That's why I got my DNA test done. It yeah, turns out I in. failed it. I got zero percent person I mean, of color. But. People want like if they're if they're growing up uh, if South America. Like we've been trying to figure out like is is a, if a Spanish person are they a person of color? Are Spanish like, people? That's the thing. Like in Europe, France is not. Germany's not. England's not. Why Spanish? Because they speak Spanish. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Those are just white people who speak Spanish. Because you know you realize there's like a there, there's like a loophole we're getting to. We're like. Wait, what about white? Okay, I think I know where you're going. The loophole: white guys with dreadlocks. <laughs> are they people of color? Uh, so are they? Yeah, if they were born with it, they're born with dreadlocks. Yes, 
No, no one's born with dreadlocks <laughs> no. if they just don't take a shower for a couple months. But they listen to Bob, like reggae, Bob Marley. No, that doesn't count. They're they. I'm actually rooting okay. for them to have hate crimes against them. Okay. <laughs> so no. Okay. Well, any other any other things you can't rule about? Oh, like Eminem, would he be considered? No, definitely. He's like loaded. I mean, <laughs> he has some bullshit. Like, cause, cause about- rap, you're saying like talent, like. I know a guy. No, no, no. What about okay? What about this? I know a guy who's Cuban American, and he's always telling me like, "Man, if I was white like you, man, I would get right. all these advantages." Well, but he is a white guy, right? Well, he's blowing a hole in the whole like, like I understand there's a lot of a uh, fear right now about like Trump and his immigration policy and everything. Yeah, but he's kind of blowing a hole in the whole like Latin countries. He's being, just a white dude, but he's Cuban. So why is he? But he's Cuban American. More he's born less, in America, right? But someone born in Dominican Republic or Puerto Rico, or uh, people consider that a person of color. Okay, I, I think I'm getting this. Does person of color have to do with your skin color? I'm saying yes. In my <laughs> mind, yes. If you're just, that's why you're discriminated against. You know, like I think you're right. Like I'm telling you, Hitler and some Nazis—they came over to Argentina. They snuck away. Maybe not Hitler, but he might have. Who knows? Oh, I believe he you're did. telling me they had kids in Argentina yeah. who speak Spanish growing up. Yeah, and they come back into America. You're telling me they jump in ahead of me as a Jew? I, people of color as far rankings? as I can tell, if you're a Latin American white person, but yes. you live in America, the you United now, States, yeah. you're a person of color. But that's because of Trump only. Like pre-Trump, that so was. So Hitler's kids would Hitler's be people kids, of color yes, yes. if they lived here. Juan Hitler. Juan Hitler. And shout uh, out. Jose Hitler. Jose <laughs> Hitler. And, uh, Hitler brothers. Yeah, the Hitlers. <laughs> <laughs> they have a fine uh, uh, Argentinian steakhouse. Yeah. And they, they're worried they're going to get kicked out. Build that wall. By Hitler. <laughs> by, by, by Trump. So, okay. So I'm saying, did I solve anything? Cause I, I think you did. I get it. I get it. And now let me turn around because, like, I know I don't know if this is a term they just use in America, person of color. Is that, is this, is that what you're I've telling me? I've never heard that term in China. They don't say as a... Wait, because in China there's not, like, what would, I mean... Well, a person of color... Asian in, people aren't people of color in America. We should get that out of the way, right? I No, they're not. Right. I okay. don't think so. Okay. I've never heard them they, say as a person of color. Right. I think they're getting there, more. right? No, <laughs> no, they're going the opposite oh, okay. way. I think, but no, no. So in China, technically, I was a person of color. You were a person white well, to color. It, we haven't defined right? what a... color do you start with. Like, right. what's um, true north? <laughs> or what's what's like zero? Right. So in America, I feel like zero is white. Right. right? Base and base color. The base color is white. In China, I feel like the base color would be Chinese, whatever color they are. Right? You don't know? Tan, you know I guess. Tan? <laughs> and so then me being white, I would be a person of color. So if I ever move back, I can say, like, oh, as a person of color, I'm a f- I am think that I need to get this or yes. I'm offended by that. And your future children will be people, people of, of color. color when they're in China. So that's a good reason to move back. But in back. America, they I'm telling you, eventually they're going to get to the Asians. So they... You, you you'll you'll be covered in both. I'm hoping. Great job. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a it's a big big advantage. Yeah, I want to be okay. All right, I <laughs> get it. I get it. Well, so now okay, so now next thing. Okay, done. done. Solved. Move. Move on. Ants is an app. Ants is an app, and we have an answer. We do. Should we play it? So what we tell we tell you guys ants us in questions every week. Get on ants. Find us. You send us a question. We'll answer your question. We had a question last week from Maya, great listener. We got a question this great week work, from Maya. Jennifer Miles. Peak two women in a row. How about that? We have a we have a base of women. People We're, say women don't listen to this pod. I don't think men can figure out how to end. That's probably true. Yeah. Anyway, let's, let's get to the question. Jennifer Miles Peak. Hey, Lost in America. This is your super fan, Jennifer Miles Peak, and sing you all the way from Folsom, California. Shout out to Ikram. Thanks for uh, creating this for us. It's really fun. I have a two-part question. The first part is for Turner Sparks. Turner, I would really like to know who from your childhood would you say influences your comedy the most and why? And then for Mr. Kaplan, though you and I have never met, we have mutual acquaintances. So I want to know how many of your old friends from your childhood are part of your life now? And how have you sort of balanced new friends, old friends, and, and the influences that they might have on you. I'm curious. So thanks so much, Lost in America. You make my week every week. Keep it coming, guys. You're doing a great job. All right, Cap, you want to go first? Because I feel like you have a bone to pick here. I'm a little offended. I feel like super fan. Uh, I think we have, must have met before. Jennifer Miles Peake, you've I, met I've her. Been, I've been, I, you were at Tyler Sparks' wedding, no? I'm talking to you like I'm, you're in the room here. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we met there. We might have met in San Diego. 
I, I know I was uh, I was in Jeff's house. I don't know if you were there or not. It's been a long time. So but what kind of super fan? Yeah, super fan. We remember meeting, even though it was pre-podcast. Yeah. All right. Is that your answer? That's my answer. All right. And also, my short answer is I don't. Kids from high school growing up. I don't know. That's I, I don't. You don't talk to find me. Listen, here's the thing. Once you get to the level of pod fame yeah. that Michael Kaplan has gotten to, you yeah. forget everyone. I've forgotten all the little people along the way. Yeah, you don't want little people. There's a reason why they're little. You keep them away. Yeah, they're going to come out of the woodwork and ask you for some money. Who influenced... <laughs> yeah, like Weber. Yes. Who influenced my comedy? Bill Cosby. I would say Bill Cosby. Life, uh, not right. not like his stand-up. More of like the misdeeds. <laughs> the, the raping? The sexual rape. Yeah. That's what... Yeah, I was really... I could see it. Who could not tell, by the way? You see those uh, those commercials he was doing with the Tootsie Pops or whatever? Or the pop... The, <laughs> the Jell-O could, Pops? You could tell. You could tell. What's amazing is it was like going on for a long time. And then it just like became... This is the new year we live. We're just like pops up this year. Like it became it went viral this year and then or last. No, year. I feel like I knew it forever. I right. knew the Cosby thing. Right, nobody did anything about but, it. But I mean, for real, comedians who influenced me. I'm not even kidding. Bill Cosby, Jerry Seinfeld. So we'll see what he did. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, my dad, my mom, something like that. I'm not sure. The the Gary Murnis. No, uh, Norm Macdonald. Norm Macdonald, the yeah. big five. What, All right, shoot ints. Yeah, well, we just showed it. We just showed events. it. You can get it in the app store. Get it. That's it. Up to five minute messages. Ints us. Let's get to our guest. Let's get to him. All right, we're back with Justin Kruger. Justin, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. How you doing? I'm great. Doing great. No, I'm trying to think. Normally, I would say how we met. We met when we were like 10 years old, probably. No, yeah. We played music together when we were kids. Aye. Very first band, second band, maybe both. Every very band. Active, how'd, very how'd active band, youth. How'd the band yeah. get together? What was the story? <laughs> I have no idea. I started playing with De'Aaron Roots. Oh. Who's in the pod. Yeah. All right. And then uh, you, you had another band, and then you joined our band. We were active children. I explain it usually as like... Sports started to fade for me, and we found power outlets at the junior high school, and we yeah. just loved. We know, started playing. We were, there, in our junior world. high, which I found out later was not normal, there was like seven or eight bands. Yeah, everyone yeah. had their own rock band. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Seattle. This is like the height of Weezer. Yeah, Nirvana, uh, yeah. right. Yeah, right after Cobain died. Yeah. yeah. It was right in the middle of all that. So then that's when uh, it seemed normal, right? It was yeah. like the normal thing to do to have a band. Yeah, and fortunately. Nobody talks about the Sacramento music scene. Yeah, our parents, it was loose. It was a loose time. Our folks would just drop us off at the rock club. And oh, yeah. I up. used to go yeah. see bands by myself all the time. All the if time. no one else could go, I would just go. Like my dad would drop me off and pick me up when it ended. Yeah. Go see the Happily. band. Happily. Yeah. So unlike me, I played as like for fun, hobby, and then quit. Oh, but here's also an interesting fact is I was a drummer, you were a drummer. See. And our first ska band we started in like ninety-six or seven or something. We were both the drummers. What'd and we almost just like flipped a coin to see who would be the drummer <laughs> uh-huh. and whoever lost had to be the singer. Oh. <laughs> and so then I was the singer and Justin was the drummer. But he you wanted to be the drummer, not the singer? You know, Turner had a lot more front. Uh, stage presence yeah. than I did. Uh, yeah, That's for sure. The, the lead singer usually does gets laid more. No. Yeah, when I was fifteen, I was <laughs> yeah, really we killing were, it. We were, we were <laughs> <Yeah>. aspirations. <laughs> it was great in the parking lot, especially in a ska band. Yeah. Yeah. Tricked yourself into thinking this is how I'm gonna get laid. <laughs> no, I think we literally didn't care. <laughs> no. I think I had no. I did not care at all if I was the it's singer. All about the music. Or the drummer. Oh. Well, I had no talent for singing. Right. It was just like, you're going to be one of the you two. didn't need it. So your band, you had a set guitar player and bass player. You just didn't have... Everything was set, but we were both drummers. Justin uh, and I were both drummers. Right. Yeah. Should have made a trade, but then a band. I definitely made it easy pick. for me. Get a, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you, yeah, and then you continued on with I drums. Did. Yes. Without uh, choice, really. <laughs> How so? <laughs> the drums chose you. Yeah, I don't know. You can chalk it up to any type of belief, but I never was interested in anything else. You know, a lot of coaches, dad coaches started to fade for me, like in our upbringing and sports favoritism things. I was like, fuck this, I'm out. I'm going to start playing music. And yeah, you were also really good. That was, thank you. That was a, that was a first choice as so young. You didn't, I didn't know that. 
I could make money at it. I just knew that I liked playing with my friends. Unfortunately, your parents, my parents, were supportive of garage bands. <laughs> yeah. And also your parent, your dad was a musician, your mom's a musician, yeah. right? But I remember I was the opposite because you said you didn't think you could make money at it. I remember thinking I was going to be like a millionaire <laughs> from like playing in our ska bands. Yeah. And I remember I asked your dad one day because I knew your dad played like as a, played on in the bands. weekends at that yeah. point. And yeah, so I remember asking him, I was like, yeah, we want to go on tour. Like mm. Justin and I want to go on tour sometime. Mm-hmm. And like, how much money do you think we would make if we went on tour? He's like, uh, you would lose money. <laughs> for a long time. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm telling all you listeners out there, don't do it. Yeah, but you yeah. Can throw TVs no. out of windows and shit. Exactly. That's all it. I wanted the to per- do. The perks yeah, are which unlimited. is worth it. That's I mean, worth losing everybody's money. Everybody's got to throw yeah. <laughs> and uh so, and then and then you so we'll skip ahead and we'll come back later. But you so then you at some point you connected with Tony Clifton. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. How, how did that how did that how did that come about? Because you were you went you moved to Reno, you became a musician. And at some point, somebody's like, hey, do you want to pay with Tony Clifton? Did you know who Tony Clifton was when it was offered to you? Not really at all. It was pitched to me by uh, a college mate named Kyle. Shouts to Kyle. And I get a call from Kyle probably years later about just a, a rehearsal. Basically, are you interested in doing a paid rehearsal with me in my studio? Carson City, America, and I that yeah, I wasn't told much anything else. So as the rehearsal became, you know, more near, I had a song list. I had all the normal stuff of of a first rehearsal for a, a gig. Basically, that's all we really knew at that point was like, there's a date involved. We got rehearsals. We got to know these songs. And then it, as it came closer, it was like, oh, it's a comedy show. Oh, it's for this person. This person is this legacy of this, and so I just started studying comedy then, right there and then, like uh, both for my for my job and outside of it. You, you mean like you what you went back and watched old Andy Kaufman videos? Yeah, or? and and otherwise other comedians, like just to know where he was at, at what time he was living, where how it matched up to what other comics were doing what. Andy Kaufman. Yeah. So now it's more mature, it's cleaned up, it's modernized, and we're in there. Um, I know who, you know, and what I'm doing at this point. Mo- to the most of what I've been told, I've, I, I know what I'm getting into. S- mostly. But our first gig was at the Moonlight Bunny Ranch. So you start Ooh. to find out more, Shout more, out. more information. <laughs> it's your first yeah. gig. Your first gig's at the Bunny Ranch. Yeah. You mean the one on like that TV show? What's it? Is there, is there like an MTV show about it? Yes. The place where Lamar yeah. Odom overdosed. Yeah, you know those 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 men who go there, well, their whole night's ruined if you mess up your drum solo. So, so yeah, you're playing <laughs> as a band at a prostitute. It was, it was a private party for America's pimp, Dennis yeah. Hoff. Shouts. And so when you're there, wait, so <laughs> it's, okay, yeah, we'll go back a couple steps. <laughs> so you get this, so you try out, you get this job playing for Tony Clifton, who is a character created by Bob Zamuda, who was a, a writing partner and everything of, of uh, Andy Kaufman, right? Correct. Okay. So then at the practice, when you go to rehearsal, is this, um, Bob Zamuda, and he's like, "Hey, uh, once we we're gonna be doing this character, or is it this? Is it the character? What is it?" Never, never once have I met Bob Zamuda, and uh, how is that so? What do you mean? It means that there was a small amount of rules for us as supporting musicians. Um, s- music director dealt with Bob and Tony. Um, Tony is one hundred percent real to me. For these reasons, he required us to be playing music at every rehearsal while he walked in. We had to very strictly be on time with that. And those those couple things were like the first few rules for me, um, which who, were abstract, like in the rehearsal setting. Who you, presents these rules? Like, yeah, I was like going to say, who creates the like rules? A, music director, my direct Kyle, our contact between band and boss. So, so Kyle got to talk to who? Tony Kyle, Clifton? Kyle had direct contact, business contact with Zamuda, and musical contact with Tony Clifton. 
Very confusing. <laughs> this is so confusing. <laughs> Who are technically, in, as, a, as most people would know it, right. that's the same person. But, do you, but do you're saying it's two different characters. But do they do Absolutely. Think, like, I read that, like, when Andy Kaufman was doing it, like, he would drive one car when he, he'd only drive this pink car when he was Tony Clifton. Mm-hmm. Like, this, it still goes on that, to that extent where there's, like, certain... Like, there was there was less of a reveal these days with travel ability right. and like <laughs> he travels. You as... know, Tony Tony puts on a, a a really nice tux for the big shows. Comes in for rehearsal though, he might be wearing sweats and sandals. But he still has the hair and makeup yeah, on. Hair. He, you know, he does his hair, his glasses. Because it's a fake face, right? <laughs> no, it's a real face. It's a real face. There's no fake faces. There's no fake faces, <laughs> <laughs> but it's some kind of. But anyway, so when well, okay, let me rephrase the question because I feel like we're not. I'm not getting. Uh, there's there is a there's a put on happening here. So when you go to rehearsal, the f- mm-hmm. you're seeing the face of Bob Zamuda or the face of Tony Clifton. Only Tony. And there's no, only Tony. And right. there's no audience there. It's not like this not is a rehearsal, rehearsal in front of a hundred people. No, this is no. you know it's in character. This is ten people hanging out is at it- a house. Yeah, at in times, garage? at times, full <laughs> full production rehearsals. At times, it was, you know, three four of us grinding out, uh, just tens and tens of songs. We we had a master list that had to be known at all times because we didn't write, he didn't write shows very much, and if he did, there's still audibles involved, constant audibles of what bit I want to do, what song I want to do. Some bits have. A, a dance number, a costume switch up. I watched, you know. yeah, I watched the tape of it to s- explain to the audience. It's like this, la- it's like an old school lounge show. Correct. Where mm-hmm. he comes out, you guys would play a song, and the band's amazing, which is the coolest part. It's like a legitimate, like you're an amazing musician. I'm, our, I assume everyone else is too. That was our only job. Yeah. Know, was to make, and to then make it, Tony. But you never flipped coins to make you the singer. No. And then he'll do like jokes between, and then he'll go back and he'll have someone come out and dance. But so, but what about so the rehearsal ends? At, like, so you're in this house or whatever. Rehearsal ends, and then is it ever like, hey, let's go watch the end of this football game before everybody goes home? And he's still in character doing that, or just there's no hanging. Rarely, no. We we had a very uh, square business relationship with Tony. He he runs a tight ship. Uh, he's good to us. He was always good to us, still is. But there was some dinners, some meals and things, and obviously alcohol. <laughs> lots of lots lots of Jack Daniels. Yeah, he's a big partier, big yeah, drinker. Right? Jack. So it brings girls back though. He stays in character. Or like he's, yeah, he's what like, happened with that? The girls. Yeah, girls. <laughs> I don't know. From All the girls. Bunny Ranch or whatever. Yeah, anywhere. Tons of girls. Yeah, constantly. He's a you know he's a ladies' man. So there was. Always Tony, women. Tony's a ladies man. But Tony is. Tony is a ladies man constantly. And you want to know about Bob because you never met him. I've never met Bob Zamuda. Yeah, we don't know. <laughs> Bob's gay, actually. No. <laughs> <laughs> never met. I've never met the man. Uh, my only experience with Bob Zamuda it was um, a, at a casino where people would park to ride to the airport or like a you know a park and ride kind of thing in Reno. Uh, it was the day after rehearsal. He told us always flying to L.A. Uh, to be in L.A. for some other business. And my wife and I were flying somewhere the next day, and we were doing the same kind of park and move uh, situation. Uh, I see w- who what I think is Bob Zamuda from behind. Turns out it is uh, from the Internet and Pictures and Legacy. I completely recognize him. And we board a shuttle bus together, not 24 hours later of having rehearsal. And I'd worked for Tony for probably close to three years at this point, maybe two years. And you're on the same shuttle bus as Bob Zamuda. Correct. But he doesn't say, hey, hey, Justin. If I, if I were to want to meet Bob in that moment, it would have been like starting from scratch. <laughs> um, because I had never met Bob. So, <laughs> so uh, we board the shuttle, and I'll never forget the song that was playing was a U2 song. Uh, still haven't found what I'm looking for or whatever. That oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rattle and Hum album. Yep. Yeah. Um, 
he sits behind us and starts to sing it. And then all his of a voice sudden, the it, same sound, as it sounds like Tony Clifton singing. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, those do they si- look different? Do those, they not look? Okay, they have the same face. If we discuss that, just but. those situations were my life and experiences with these two people. Uh, just only strictly being a drummer up until this point. You know, this is a different gig. You know, you're in a full production comedy show. So, so, did, so was there ever a point of view where you're like, maybe I should turn around and be like, hi, Bob Zamuda, I'm a drummer. No, I couldn't. I'm a drummer for this guy named Tony Clifton. Yeah. I've been on tour with <laughs> him. He could have done that. He could have done that. <laughs> was I he by himself? Or he was... Yeah. yeah. Travels alone uh, most most of the time. And so when you do these shows, what you were just getting into, sorry, I cut you off, but is uh, you're saying instead of just, like when you were, you were playing other bands... Yep. You play another band, like straight regular band, like bands that we original, know of as a band. Original bands. Yeah. Original, create original music. But that you're just going to do a show. This is you're saying, it's a whole, You're are you playing a character while you're on stage playing drums with Tony Clifton? Sort of. Um, there were moments where that was necessary. Um, sometimes, well, first of all, these shows lasted uh, anywhere from three to four hours straight. Without wow. intermission, um, there was a ton of music, a ton of rants and tangents, and about what? Like what insanity. kind of insanity? I mean, he would go off on Devito. He'd go off on Rosie O'Donnell. He would uh, Tiger Woods scandal was hot. He, you know, he's fuck him up. The show used to stop, and he would show uh, pornography on television screens that was. Uh, technically Tiger Woods like that you'd buy on the street somebody <laughs> oh said gosh. oh you know it's the, the Tiger Tamer was the name of the porn it was okay. just like black porn that's all it was yeah um, the, these shows <laughs> these shows had no limits no limits if you if any of the listeners can find any of this stuff if anyone knows me or doesn't and has seen the live show uh, you'll know that it's there's I've just watched, no end. I've watched video. Like, he'll bring girls out that do, like, strip teases in the middle of the show. Those he'll girls also are cast, get, cast members, yeah. He'll get, like, really racist oh, yeah. towards people in the band. Oh, yeah. Um, what's the point of it? <laughs> the point of that? The point, yeah, that whole, like, shock value. Is there a deeper point that's going on? Well, there certainly is a shock value um, to a comedian wanting to push... Uh, limits, uh, right? But but in his case, I remember him being this equal offender and saying like, "Well, I'm gonna, you know, fuck with these guys and fuck with these guys," and you know, but then Native Americans, we leave them alone. Ah, really? <laughs> yeah. and, and and then we would have to with some sort of cue to then play the theme from Ham's Beer. <laughs> What's that? What? It, it was a uh, like a. Tom, dum 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 type okay. theme, theme song. Oh, so even announced, which the then would spark this whole racial bit. We would play that, and then we'd play like a country song, and he'd he'd make us all put on the white dudes would put on the cowboy hats. The Asian kid would put on the the like railroad a, like a rice hat, rice picking hat. Then all the all the horn players from New Orleans would have to put on headdresses. All the black guys? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. And so, because, okay, so I watched a video you sent And the me. whole crowd would just point and laugh. Like, oh, all of a sudden, everyone's being, you right. know, messed with. There's right. this weird, oh, so everyone's being, I see what you're saying. Uh-huh. Everyone's, there's this weird point in the show where it starts out, I the video I watched from the comedy store, the crowd's totally with him, and they're with what's happening, and then he starts to get mean. Yeah. And he starts to get racist and he starts to go against that girl. Like there's a girl in the that he brings out. He's like, she's a runaway or whatever. And then That's his adopted daughter. One by one, the That's crowd a, cast member? One by one, the crowd starts turning on him. And they don't like him. Yeah. But you, then I get to the end and they all love him again. So how what does he do? Like what You want to steal this. I want to learn the <laughs> you bit. Learn this No, I'm trying to, to figure out what's the point. Like, how do you make everyone hate you? And then to win him back. Yeah, what does he do? What does he do to win him back? What's redeeming about as about Tony Clifton as a character is what I'm saying. Um as a person, excuse me. Musically, well, we can analyze this a couple of ways. Musically, my job uh looking back was uh we would play um a long show uh, that 
brought people to a sort of insanity and hysteria. Some people, a lot of people walked out. Okay. Those were good shows. Um, I think musically, we would, well, we would close with God Bless America. Every single show. <laughs> Girls right. would come out in Liberty costumes. Um, everyone's singing. It's like this hooray USA bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's one way. You music- need to take a knee. One way music. No, no one took a knee? Maybe a Sinatra tune uh, just before it or something. Um, R.E.M.'s uh, Man on the Moon uh, track was always towards the end of the show. Oh, I see. Very yeah. loving, friendly, back to it. You know, he this character that people, you know, have known for so many years, he is a super villain. And I think that's why he gets away with all this shit is that he he's everyone's favorite villain, you know? Yeah, and I guess, is it something where, like, if you've, like, three or four hours is long. A stand-up comedy show is an hour and a half. If it's anything longer than that, people walk out just because they have something else to do. Whoa. So if you go three or four hours, it's almost like you made it through this experience. It was fully an experience. Of insanity. No show was was really similar at all. And where did you, did you find that the audience varied depending upon where you were in America doing this? Absolutely. In terms of their reaction to what From you Boston were doing? Boston to New Orleans to L.A. Boston, they One, loved all the racist stuff. I was going to say, was there anywhere that like they, they liked the racist stuff too much? <laughs> you know Ooh, what I mean? And that, you were like, that may have been a little hard for me to tell from the stage, but Boston, for example. Loved it. We had, <laughs> we had an intermission. Uh, I remember we were at the Wilbur Theater in Boston, and very full ticket sales were great. Uh, very full show. We had an intermission planned. Um, but these are East Coast fans, right? So they know Tony and they know Andy for a long time. And so a lot of these jokes are getting busted up before the punchlines. So they've heard the jokes before. Right. Okay. So I remember Tony getting frustrated with people stepping on his fucking toes, which is a big no-no and will set him off. And with a wireless mic... He goes into the crowd to find, you know, who's doing this. <laughs> really? And so there's a lot of, this happened a lot. Like, moments where the band really didn't know where he was headed. You really didn't know it was going to happen. Do you have a Fuck song no. to play while he's in the No, and if we did, that, that no, you get, that's not allowed. Right. Because it's his songs. It's his show. Right, right. You know, no. we're not, we're not like. Jamming. This is not a deal. So. Uh, in that moment, he's in the dark. You know, you're on stage. There's lights. It's hard to see where he's at. You can hear him clear as day. It's the loudest mic in the room. Finds the table. It's all men. They're out, plainly out, to have fun at this show. They're liquored up. And altercation happens. Tony shoves or punches this man square in the chest, falls back into the table on all his buddies, and they're just going, yeah, fuck it. Oh, they all like it? Wait, let me hit me. Yeah. You know, <laughs> ah, Tony hit me, or Tony kicked me in so the they chest. Didn't, they didn't fight back? They never, want. no. Uh, not never. So they wanted to be part of the show, these, part of the these bit. Boston, out by these it. crazy Boston motherfuckers did. And so this is just before intermission. We hit the intermission, and all of us are just, and, and Tony included, we're just backstage like, what just happened? This is crazy. And Tony pulls us all in for a quick little huddle. He says, guys, that was a Boston cop. A Boston cop. Table of Boston cops. <laughs> no bullshit. <laughs> what? So, <Busted> cop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another example, <laughs> maybe uh, at the comedy store, there were, there we found out there were friends in the audience that Tony would fuck with. You know, oh, he would. Level. Would he plant people? He had, he had a plant, uh, a couple plants. But you wouldn't know. We'd never know. No. You would never know. We don't. We were never introduced to these folks. So we should get into fights in a, the live pod. Whoa, we got to get a plant. Can I punch the... a cop? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know any cops? <laughs> yeah, that'd be amazing. <laughs> it we'll started. I think that whole motif uh, started with Kaufman fighting Lawler, Jerry Lawler, Jerry the King Lawler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shouts. Yeah, and so where was the most fun to play for you guys? Where did you find? Like, did you guys go to the South at all? Yeah, half of the cast um, lives and still lives in New Orleans. It started as a Katrina relief band oh. for Comic Relief. 
Uh, Bob Zamuna uh, is the big head honcho of, C- uh, of Comic Relief. What's can you explain Comic Relief? Comic Relief uh, was a charity organ- organization uh, started in the early '80s. Yeah, and they used to have like Whoopi Goldberg. Remember, yeah, she would I do remember. all that stuff. Robin, Billy, and Whoopi would host. And Bob Zamuda started it. Correct. Founded it. And then he got Tony Clifton involved. And now Tony Clifton's involved. It's a whole mess. Not <laughs> as a. <laughs> yeah, it's still it's still funding. Uh, still funding. You know, people all over the world. Um, so what about you? What about um, at what point did you? decide that you were going to be a drummer for a career oh i know this i i had great jobs growing up and i think all musicians uh work jobs to to subsidize how little you get paid yeah and i enjoyed that because i like to learn different skill sets or work with other people um in a different way outside of music there was a week one week pay period where you're so young and so broke. I had been working at a bar, a nightclub, and at night in a cafe during the day. Two work checks bounced. Oh man! From two employers, and I I remember sitting, getting the second one, and really needing it. I was like, man, this is this is not cool. Uh, what am I gonna do? Call the folks. When you're young, you don't want to do that. Uh, I just sat on this curb with this outside of a bank. You know, they just told me like, you can't cash this for you. I'm really sorry. And I just kind of like ripped it up, or maybe threw my hands in the air and just said like, I'm. I work for me now. Like I'm gonna. Wow. It's a pivotal moment. I'm wow. Just gonna, life story. I'm just gonna start booking myself and my friends and pitching. Was there song Jazz in the background and rock groups and it's you know, you know what it, it yeah it's like everyone thinks or a lot not ever a lot of people think that if you want to be a professional musician you have to like be the drummer in Pearl Jam and your band has to make it or with comedy the same way like you have to be Chappelle or something what is making but, it but yeah. yeah but really if you can just support <laughs> so what you're saying is you decided I'm gonna figure out how to support myself with this yeah. skill I have it's been a while I'm pretty thankful that so that because I was gonna say like. I'm my, my soccer coaching career ends and Teddy has to go into music. <laughs> yes. I'm gonna start coaching and become a rock star, but I'm not gonna tell him about this because I, I want him to. I want him to be in Pearl Jam the next. No, yeah. is that my goal? Well, no, yes, <laughs> no, of you course. Be, the girl, the I goal say, is I would think Pearl Jam, but I don't I'm know. Rock star, so what did kid. you start? What was your first steps? What did you like? Like I'm, a, I can play weddings. I can play. You start figuring out how you can make money to add it all up to a paycheck. Just sustain, yeah, just to sustain. Like Pearl Jam is a great example of sustainability of a band that. Has very had had very little drama, very little uh, member changes, and but consistent also like rock they, music. They like, won the lottery. They were Pearl Jam. But like for most people, the timing was there. Yeah. The timing. So mm-hmm. what did, what did you when you made that decision? What was the first thing you did? Did you did you have a band at that time that you thought was gonna make it, or was it just like me as personally as a musician? Uh, I'm gonna put this career uh, together. It was me. It was a me thing. For yeah. sure, I've I've kind of always been selfishly driven in that respect. I loved all the bands I've played for, you know, great sisters and brothers involved in all that shit. But at the end of the day, like, there comes a time where you're like, I need to pay my shit, and I I can't depend on like three other people and expect them to do the same, you know. So outcome. what did that look like? What did you do? That looked like. Did you start setting up private events? Or absolutely, you you start you start knocking on restaurants' doors, wedding planners, all that type of stuff. That that is just one part of it. You're still in bands. You still want to play creative music and You're write doing it both. and record it, and so you just do all of that. Yep. And create as many relationships as you can. Uh, same goes for comedy You're just and is there now looking back because you've been doing this for how long 15 years probably at least yeah, yeah. is there anything you would have done differently when you started or do you think looking back like you did it the correct way you know uh, or any shortcut you could have taken or you know I don't know I think it some of that is uh, geographic I think maybe if you lived or moved and took a chance on this city or that city that's some sort of up or leg up um, college is great everybody stay in school <laughs> uh, go or or don't, but 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 hang out with 
those people like talk to professors, learn, 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 listen, learn, go out. You know, it's our stay in school episode. Stay in school episode, yeah, yeah. Or and I, we should also Tony mention Clinton's that band. Yeah. <laughs> how did you yeah. end up, how did, just uh, you like how did you leave the band then? Did you? Oh, Tony Clifton. Yeah, yeah. Bef- um, that's a great question. It just kind of ended. Oh. You know, he's he's the boss. So our job was kind of in limbo all the time. I feel like, um, and it was never spoken of. We were always just paid and paid up and squared up. We did hundreds of recordings, music videos, travel was just business. So I think at any time, you know, he was wanting to play or not play. You know, he has a show in New York uh, this month, like Halloween at the Iridium Theater or Jazz Club. I've never been there, but um, with other musicians and uh, yeah, I'm sure it'll be, you know, just as wild as ever. Yeah, but he couldn't just like call you up one day and be like, "When, yeah. you, when you're reading tour, you, you could still be back in the." One hundred percent. The the rehearsals were such that like the the show is just completely burned. When you're doing like four hour shows like that, it never really leaves. <laughs> yeah, brain. it's in your head. I hear I hear those songs all the time. And did yeah. you guys take this? It was all United States, right? Correct. I wonder if it's something that would work, or if there's anything. I'm trying to think of it in China. I don't think there was anything similar. A, a complete character. It's so like because you. It's a derivative. Like you have to know. It seems very American. You have to. Yeah, in you England, have. To, they could do this. In England, maybe. Yeah, you have to know the original thing to then know what came out of it. To know what came out of that. Or just if you had no idea of the legacy, you'd have to just stomach it. <laughs> yeah. Were there people that came to your shows who had no idea who Andy Kaufman? They didn't know the history at all. Atlantic City. May have been the worst walkout that I remember. <laughs> what happened? Leaving? It was this massive theater there that's featured on Louis, uh, the Joan Rivers episode. Oh yeah. Um, we played that stage, and I like pointed the TV when that episode dropped because it was a casino. Like we didn't play a whole lot of casinos, but uh, they give out a ton of comps went to players and and shit. So. All, there was hundreds uh, of ticket holders there that didn't know what they were about to see. Wait, got oh a my free gosh. ticket to walk in. <laughs> they had no idea. They just thought free show. Free show. Let's go oh to a show, wow! Honey. You know. <laughs> so what happened? Uh, the first uh, depends diaper joke or or n bomb that was like in the first twenty minutes. Just right. the center aisle. It was like an exodus. <laughs> Bye. You know, and they had free tickets, so what they can just go do something else for the day, right? Um, so if you want to go see him, you stand by the door and you just wait for people to exit and they hand back your ticket. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> very, very in line with the Kaufman style, though. Like to do something so rebellious and so beat it into them for so long that you just play until two dudes are sitting there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. What did you learn through that experience? The, as far as walkouts? And sort of anything. Just from the we, whole thing. We want to inspire people to walk out. <laughs> yeah, walkouts, whatever. You know what I mean? What did you take away from doing that whole four years on the road with this madness? It was easily easily the most creative gig I've ever had. And it, it taught me to, uh, yeah, just see more humans more equally. And that, like, music, comedy... Uh, and this creative like ego is kind of all in line with you know with ourselves uh, you know how to so. see him more equally you mean because he made fun of everyone equally or yeah what? and just the way he treated everyone like both as a villain and a human you know Tony is uh, you know he's awful yeah. but that's the joke you know wow. That's the best. That's and the, the gamble is hopefully more people get the joke than don't get the joke. Right. Yeah. You're yeah. not trying to, to be for everybody it. all the time. That's a good, situation. yeah, that's a good way to look at it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Alt-middle. <laughs> <laughs> One of our pioneers. Exactly. Oh, that should put that back into the end's question. Exactly. Andy <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, is there anything before we get to the news? You want to stick around for the news? Yes, let's do it. Okay. Anything you want to promote? Anything coming up? Oh, wait, now. Let's get to you now, first of all. I mean, lastly, you're playing, uh, you've, you're living in Baltimore now. I am, yeah. You're Baltimore. playing music on the East Coast. There's tons I of am. fans in Baltimore, I'm sure. Yeah, we got yep. a big listenership yep. in Baltimore. Yeah. Yes, sir. 
<laughs> and uh, so they can look for you what, around, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I'm out, out and about, playing Baltimore and D.C., um, Annapolis, uh, sometimes up to Philly, and even up here, back up here. Oh, in Philly. Philly. Fantastic. Yeah, trust the process. Trust the process. All right, let's get to the news. <laughs> Justin's still here. First hey. news story of the week comes to us from the Daily Mail, Kaplan. Yes, of course. Mother, Finest journalist in the world. Mother in <laughs> Iowa left four kids ages 6 to 12 at home alone with a gun. Oh, boy. And went on vacation to Germany for 11 days. <laughs> oh, I love it. Like, the thing, like, they left, she left them alone with a gun sounds, like, so shocking. But, like, that's really, like, not that important, actually. Well, Just no. leaving them alone is really the problem here. <laughs> well, also, with the gun, I mean, I'm against leaving your kids for 11 yeah. days. But if you're going to leave them, you might as well. You yeah, should, but they should be armed. It said it was unloaded. They need to protect even, themselves. I think it's even worse that she left it unloaded. What kind of gun? Because then the kids think they can protect themselves. And it's then... a Glock 9mm. Hey. I don't know if that's a good gun or a bad gun. Can I, I tell you I love gun. this story? Yes. This story makes me happy. Why? Because it makes me feel like I'm a successful parent. I've like cleared the lowest bar possible. But like <laughs> oh, I yeah. would never do this. So like when my, when my kids are like get all mad at me about something like, you know, you're a bad daddy or they say you're a bad mom or whatever. Be like, you know what? I've never. I would love to go to Germany. I've heard it's very nice this time of year. Yeah, I didn't never leave just, you for eleven days. I've never just darted <laughs> off. That's like what. That's the Trump move. Whenever someone says something bad about him, he's like, "Listen, we got ISIS, yeah. and you're worried about me doing this." Like yes. you always compare something to the worst the possible Trump, thing. Trump style, apparently, and then you're better. <laughs> you should write a book. I about say that. that this is why you don't get married young. You don't have kids young, for sure, right? <laughs> because at some point, when you get when you get married and have kids too young, at some point you're going to want to go to Germany. You're not going to want to take those four rugrats. Right. So if you don't have kids, you can just go. Is that so? But what if you? But Germany's always calling. You got to get the Germany trip in too. That's what I'm saying. You get you're, that in before you have kids. You're yeah. gonna go to Germany no matter what. Yeah, beer house. Everyone goes to Germany. In. I mean, yeah. I've never been. I but. mean, the story apparently. Uh, some the best part I read about the story was that somebody ratted her out. They called her, and they basically told her like, "You have to come back." She'd already left. Yeah. They like, tracked her down in Germany, and then like, "You have to come home. You'll be arrested." But then she like stayed for a couple more days, which I love. <laughs> but, like I kind of uh, respect because she's like, I'm already fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how I get much, that. Like how much more is this? like when I'm sitting in prison, I'm gonna be thinking about, oh, I could have partied hard in Germany for exactly. Could have like you know get those last two days. Some in. German guy or whatever she's doing, you know, like so. Yes. You know, she might as well uh, live it up a little it's bit like more. It's like when you're like you realize you're out too late. Yeah. And you're like, well, I'm gonna be like, I'm when I go to work tomorrow morning, I'm gonna be hungover anyway. Yeah. So, so I might as well just go lean in. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, you're on that plane. Like, I can only imagine the plane ride home. You're like, well, if international flights, I get to get wasted at least. Because you're just like, I'm coming home to... Exactly. There's going to be like air marshals at the tarmac. And Smoke them <laughs> if you got them. <laughs> I got to hope for a delay. Also, the last thing I want to say, this is why I think China, it's good they have one child policy. Now two child policy. Because <laughs> you have but, less children to leave behind. Yeah! Because you can... What, how much trouble can you... One kid instead of four kids, you know? you're you, It's at least a quarter well, of the right, jail time. If you leave one kid, it's home alone. It's a charming movie. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but if yeah. you leave four kids, you sound, Couple micro machines that can protect themselves. Yeah, how is this that different than that movie? Now that I think about it. Anyway. <laughs> or it's also easier because they said the reason why she tried her defense is listen, I tried to get a babysitter, but no one wants to watch four kids. Wait, she said they canceled on her. She yeah. had a babysitter canceled, and she didn't want to cancel her flight. Or exactly, oh, she cancel that flight. Yeah, that's no. yeah. it's what. Can I tell people get trip insurance? If it's only It'll one, save yeah. you going to jail. <laughs> well, if it's only one kid, if it's only one kid, someone has to watch. That's a lot easier to get someone to watch one. On the last four. second, yeah, it's really hard ass to Why say, "Hey, can you do me a friend? I got four kids. Can you watch them for me?" Exactly. Why didn't you just board them? Board these kids. Board, board the kids. Yeah, where do you put them in a put them in a crate? Put them in a kennel. Yeah, kennel. kennel. Oh, you mean put them in the plane? Yeah, under the plane. Or you <laughs> gotta buy tickets. They got expensive flights. Yeah, kids aren't free. Yeah, a kennel though. That's a billion dollar idea. Oh, kid kennel. kennel. Kennel for kids. Yeah. Kids, kids, kids like to pretend they're puppies all the time. I see and, it. Yes, and you know how they put the uh, Japanese people can sleep in those cupboards? <laughs> this yeah. Seinfeld episode, is that a real thing? It's real. I've been to Japan. They have. They really do sleep in cupboards. Those are perfect size for Japanese people or kids. Right. Cut kids' cupboards. Kennel. Yes. With wow. your own lock. Kaplan's Kids Kennel. <laughs> Kaplan, the KKK. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love it. 
It's it's a winner. No now with new Glock Nine. Uh, yeah. Yeah, with a Glock Nine option. Shiny Glock Nine to protect themselves. <laughs> unloaded. That's it. We have to pay extra for the Glock Nine. Yeah, it's unloaded. I just want to make that clear before the lawyers get all upset. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Next story. Oh, this comes to us from the Hill, Kaplan. Oh, I'm not right. sure what that is. That's but... a political like. Website. Oh, it's a political site. <laughs> Melania Trump sent a gift of ten Dr. Seuss books to a school in each state earlier this month oh, to mark National Read a Book Day. <laughs> One school librarian, uh, Liz Phipps Sorio. <laughs> She already she has three names, so we know she's going to be trouble. Yeah. Triple shout. Yeah. Uh, Liz Phipps-Sorio of Cambridge, Massachusetts, published a blog post explaining that the school would not be keeping the books and not accepting books given to them by Melania Trump. By the way, this is a librarian right. who's not interested in books. Well, the, the the reason was she gave two reasons. First of all, too many people yeah. have blog posts. Can we yeah. start there? Yeah, yeah. She wrote <laughs> I don't need. I don't need. Who's reading a librarian blog? Right. In, a, in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Well, uh, she elementary wrote. School. I read the blog because I. You What's know, possibly happening on the blog? Like, oh, I caught Tucker sleeping again <laughs> uh, during his Everybody fifth period has a blog. class. Well, I'm sure she has a podcast too, so she can. Explain I'm sure it she has a podcast. But on her blog, she wrote two things, which are kind of conflicting. She wrote that she didn't want the books because their school is like wealthy and they don't need the books, and she sent it to a less fortunate school. And then she also was like, "I don't know if you know this, but Dr. Seuss books are racially insensitive." Oh boy, are, are they? Well, the, first of all, it's amazing because like, oh, this we don't want these books sent to a less to a poor school, and you can give them the racist books. <laughs> but then also, yeah, Dr. Seuss books are. Yeah, the Lorax. I'm checking out some titles. These are yeah. Here's I, what, I this is a great way to make Trump win Sneeches, the re-election, though. The sneeches? Oh, 100 percent I mean, this is also why, like, it, this proves that America yeah. Green Eggs and Ham's a little bit anti-Semitic. I mean, uh, we'll butter battle, is it? the butter well, battle book. They make ham war. sound so exciting. Oh, ham. Ham yeah. is delicious. Yeah, well. You guys are missing out. But no, this also proves America's the land of the free. I would say this. If you're in China or anywhere else, and you most countries in the world, and the pre, the the first lady of the country gives you books, and you throw them back like you're at a, a Chicago Cubs baseball game. Yeah, you're going to prison. Right. What kind of dictatorship is Trump running here? I know. So he lets his wife get. Uh, you got a good point. They should show up at her door. If she would have stayed in her, where's she from? Estonia or something? Slovenia, I think. Slovenia. If she would have stayed in her home country and done this, <laughs> she'd be locking people up right now. But you know what I'm excited is that we were talking about Halloween costumes and we're gonna have to special Halloween pod. Oh yeah, we're doing that coming up. And Ooh, I'm excited that like spooky. they like people if they protest really dumb things or give because I want to be edgy but I don't want to get in trouble. Yes. So now all of a sudden, what I can dress as like the, something from like the cat and the hat or some one of these characters. <laughs> that's, and considered that's considered edgy. edgy. That's like, edgy. Yeah, that'll, yeah. that'll make my kids happy. Yeah. That's all middle. It's all middle because my kids will like the costume. It's double edged. Uh, if I jump like uh, yeah, and then I can also be controversial. So you know, thank you, librarian. Yeah. <laughs> There's really no point in having a Halloween costume these days and not being controversial. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, if you're gonna go out, you go out with a bang. Yeah. You want to like, ho- like you might. Plus, you're, you're gonna be Bill Cosby this year, right? Exactly. <laughs> oh. I was thinking about Cosby. Cosby <laughs> with a tiki torch. That's what I was gonna do. Bill my wife, my, my, my wife He's last also... year. I wanted to be Urkel for some reason last year. I don't know why. Like, oh, Urkel. Yeah, you'd be a good Urkel. I know. I was just thinking like glass. You have to do blackface. Yeah, you can't I, do black- yep. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, I did do blackface no. pre years ago, but you, know. you did because you were. Uh, I was Madonna's baby. Yeah, he was Madonna's adopted friend. baby. Uh, it was a different time. Blackface wasn't frowned upon back then. <laughs> <laughs> that was way back in 2008. <laughs> it was like 2004, <laughs> five or six. I don't know. It, yeah. So <laughs> hey. that's the podcast. Justin, thanks for doing it. Every hey, one of these news stories, by the way, the the, 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 the villain was a white woman. <laughs> Were they? Yes. Well, no. Yeah, you gotta find your mark. You got a vendetta on this pod. Exactly. <laughs> That's all. Thank you all. Cap, what should we do? Let's get lost. Get lost. Yeah. Right back where I started again Trying to forget you It's just a waste of time Baby, come back Any kind of fool could see There was something In everything about you Baby, come back You can blame it all on me I was wrong and I just can't live without you. All day long, we're in the 
mask of false bravado Keeping up a smile to hide a tear As the sun goes down, I get that empty feeling again How I wish to God you were here Baby, come back Any kind of fool could see There was something in everything about you Baby, come back You can blame it all on me I was wrong And I just can't live without you Put it all together Give me the chance to make you see Have you used up all the love in your heart? Nothing left for me Baby, come back Got a fool could see there was something never thing about you. Baby, come back, listen to me, honey. You can blame it all on.